The following segment is intended for general information purposes only. It is not designed to provide listeners with specific personal, medicinal, financial, legal, counselling, professional service or any advice. Views expressed by hosts or their guests are their own and shall not be construed in any way as advice. Listeners are to seek qualified professional advice based on their own needs and situations. Hi there, welcome to episode number nine of Level On Up. In this ep, we're going to take things to a different level and have a chat to a Reiki master, Rose Rodder, who has helped many people over the years, including myself. So much so, under Rose's guidance, I completed my master's in Reiki in 2017. Enough about me, let's get into the chat. Ready to take things to a new level? This is Level On Up with Sadia. I am very excited to be here today. Thank you. Now, for as long as I've known you, over 18 years, you've been practicing Reiki. When did your spiritual journey start for you? Well, how long is a piece of string? Because that is what happens with everyone. To really be on my journey, I would truthfully say it's probably over 30 years. It was after an experience, after an illness, that it happened, that it became very strong for me. And um, I have never looked back. Would you be happy to delve a little bit deeper in regards to your illness? I was very ill due to some medication, which other people can take, but I couldn't. I had a severe reaction and I had a collapsed lung and a clot. And I was not supposed to be in my bed in the morning uh, because it was very, very serious and I was unconscious. But I had an experience that um, it was a very in-depth experience, but not in the same way as other people that I've heard. I only heard a voice, but I was told that it wasn't my time and I was going to help my fellow men. At the time, I thought, where is this going? I can't even help myself because I was nearly in a wheelchair after that. But my journey was as it's taken me so many different ways and I have never given up after hearing those words. So where did your research or studies begin? Reiki and due to my beliefs at the time it was very confronting but uh, my mentor actually presented herself at my door one day and said I believe you are in pain and I said yes I am and she said I can help you and she mentioned the word Reiki. At the time, it absolutely freaked me out. And I said, oh, I don't think so. No, that's just not where I'm going. Anyway, she said, if you change your mind, you contact me. And I actually went to the Bible and I got my answer because it said what Christ did, man can do also. Which brings me to the next thing. For those that don't know, what is Reiki? It is universal energy and everybody has it, but we only use a certain amount. So unless we tap into the universal energy, we are using our energies and that's when we get depleted. And we are a channel? We are a channel. Once you uh, become that conduit uh, conduit uh, to for a person, it is like a cord. Once it's plugged in to whatever you believe in and the person, your hands are just there as the channel and it's not you doing it. It's whatever you believe in. 
You made reference to Jesus and healing of the hands. Are there any other historic uh, healings along the same lines that uh, you're happy to talk about? Oh, there's so many. There's um, there's soul language. There's sound healing. There's crystal healing. There's so many things that we can discover. And you've branched out quite a bit over the years. Yes, yes I have. I've done many modalities. To the point where I heard, why do you keep looking? It's already there. And I know that now. And I know my pathway. And I do it with pure intention and pure unconditional love. With Reiki, how does that tie in with your Christian beliefs? It was a lot of discovery because at first, the very first time I did do it, I was very sick and I thought it was a punishment of God. But realising all the medication that I had in my body, I was actually flushing it out. And once that was flushed out of my body, I was no longer taking 15 pills three times a day. But it was also a very confronting, frightening time because I really had said, if it was wrong, I would accept that punishment. But it wasn't a punishment at all. It was a beginning of a very, very special time. When did you start practicing Reiki? When I first had it done, I couldn't believe how it helped me. And, but still very worried about what people would think. And I did not do it till one day when I was at work. And a lady came and she had a migraine and I had to work with her till six o'clock that night. And she kept saying how much this migraine was troubling her. And I thought, oh, what can I do? So I quietly said, look, at lunchtime, I might be able to help you. And so at lunchtime, I did do a little bit of Reiki and she couldn't believe it. It helped her so much. And then I didn't want to do it anymore because people started to find out about it. And it was, where there's fear, there is hurtful words. And at the time, hurtful words I couldn't handle. Now I don't care what anyone says. A lot has changed over the years too. The feelings and the knowing that now it's more acceptable. More and more people are seeking Our children are coming more and more aware before us as adults because they aren't conditioned with life as much as an adult is. You live in a small country town. How much has the perception changed even within the community, say, in the last 20 years? It has changed a lot. When I first started doing it, I was actually going away from here. And I was doing seminars and and people would ring me up, would you come and do a weekend for us? And, And that's how I was doing it. But I was not really comfortable doing it in town here because, well, I was classed as a Fruit Loop. And really, I love being a Fruit Loop now because I know a lot of people that used to call me that are Fruit Loops themselves now. We mentioned at the start that you're a Reiki master. How many people have you trained that have gone on and become Reiki masters? I was only thinking about this the other day. I would say 40 or more. I'm, I'm just sort of off the top of my head. Since becoming a Reiki master myself, yes, I would have to go home and check my numbers but yes I have been doing quite a few 
over the years. And a lot of them different paths, different walks of life? Different walks of life, different paths and just there's so many that finally realise there's something there that's gnawing at them, wanting them to really look into themselves and see the gifts. It's even mentioned in the Bible, if we have gifts and if we don't share them, they wither and die. And I think it's Corinthians. Now, the first time I met you, uh, you told me one of my favourite quotes of all time, season, reason and lifetime. What's one of yours? Well, that is one of mine. The one that really sticks out is be who you came to be because we all choose our pathway. And if we don't believe in ourselves that we can do it, well, we may have to do it all again. You've helped a lot of people heal over the years, but have there been moments or times where you've stood back and gone, wow, this is amazing and surprised by the results? Yes, very much so. One comes to mind with um, um, part of what I do is in a child and a Spanish couple came to see me and I was told that his wife did not speak English. At the end of the weekend, I just shook my head and said, God, Spirit, whoever's there, how did this happen? And I heard, you do not need words to heal. And that I just could not believe. Each day I am in awe, and there's no other word for me but awe, of what my life was and is now. And I give thanks each and every day for that. Your husband, Pete, who has passed away, I found him quite remarkable because he only healed animals or children. That's right, because he said to me, Wozy, he said, children don't lie and animals only have unconditional love. Speaking of stories, one comes to mind with a relative of mine and her dog with a leg. Yes, was going to be amputated. After a few treatments, not only was the dog's uh, leg healed, but went on to live for many years afterwards. And um, your relative actually said to me, Prince would rather bite you than lick you. And I said, okay, well, we'll see what happens. So I was able to, after three or four times of watching the teeth gnash at me, but continually just helping him, he turned and licked my hand and I said, you don't need to bring him anymore. So that was a moment that I'll never forget. So Reiki is healing of the hands, but people have different ways or different techniques on on how they exchange that energy. Uh, Is it fair to say that you have different techniques or different ways for individual clients? Oh, yes. Each person that comes, I will say, I do not know what's going to happen. Uh, There is um, a lot of guides help as well as knowing that God, Jesus, is around me as well because I work with the golden ray. And sometimes there is singing from soul. Sometimes there is words from soul that people need to hear. So heart to heart, soul to soul is a very deep and meaningful healing. With people, reactions or sometimes it can be very emotional. Sometimes it feels like the person is floating up. Sometimes the person is feeling like they're being stretched or realigned. And other times it's just a very peaceful time. But no one knows how their body is going to react because it's an unknown for whatever they come for because I used to say, well, why did that happen and not happen with someone else? And I heard 
what that person comes for, they will receive. It, it is very much about healing, but it's not just you doing the healing. No. Uh, the individual that comes and seeks your services needs to do healing themselves. Yes, they and do. Over the time after having the healing, I will say over the coming days, you may have things come up that will trigger you. And you look at them and say, why am I letting that trigger me now? It doesn't feel anything anymore because it is just the residue of that time of hurt, pain, fear, anger. And you just say, I don't need that anymore. In the last 18 or so months, I've noticed an increase of people seeking healing and personally have had a lot of people approach me about how frequently should they seek healing or Reiki. Now, everybody's different. Yes, very much so. And I have that uh, often and I will feel or, or hear this person needs to come sooner than later. I don't say they have to, but it is unless I feel someone is really emotionally hurting, I will say you come when you feel the time is right. I guess it comes down to your own healing and, and what you're ready to That's receive. That's right. And also people will see me down the street and they'll say, oh, I've been thinking about you and I'll say, well, what is that telling you? Either me or someone else. You may need to, not need, but you may be ready to release something. So um, because there's some wonderful healers around here. So when does an individual know that they're ready to receive some healing? Their body tells them. They start to have triggers of emotions they see people that will trigger them and this is where we say oh what is it in us that is causing this trigger and everybody's a mirror yes that is very right and that was one of the first things that was ever said to me when I went to Uluru. And sometimes we don't even want to look at a person. Do you think that's sometimes why people are so put off by spirituality? Yes, Because in order yes. to look at another in, in that light, you've got that to look within. You have to look within yourself. And sometimes we don't like seeing what's in there. So obviously there's lessons in life that we've got to learn. What are some of the toughest ones you've had to learn? Oh, a lot. Ego. And in a Christian perspective, that's edging God out, E-G-O. So that one, the ego, is such a big thing with people. Ego is important in some contexts, but other times it's there to really test you of, oh, well, you know, I think I know more than her. And that is where a lot of people start, including me, many, many years ago. When we all were doing this, the ego was so high. It would be a hard lesson to learn because it's like you've discovered this whole different power or this different Empowerment, element of, yes. of yourself. That's right. But the big thing is understanding no one is better than anyone else, that we all come back to the earth school at different levels and different lessons to learn. So... You know, once we understand the ego, it can work for us as well as against us. You started in Reiki. What are some of the other forms of healing that you've taken on since? Inner child. This was my big one. I went with another dear friend from here to Uluru uh, to do a facilitator's course in inner child. It was the most enlightening, painful experience I've ever had. But coming out of that... I then saw such a different view of the inner child because the inner child is that part that gets hurt 
in our childhood mainly. And we don't realise how much we carry that on with That's us. right. And this is where we start pushing everything into what we call the basement. And doing that changed my life forever in so much as I started to receive messages of writing at night, the magic hour of three o'clock. This went on for quite a few months and I would get up and decipher what it was. And I was actually being shown that I could put a module together to help people without the pain of what I went through because I said I never wanted anyone to go through what I went through. Do you think that's a big part of the reason you became a healer? Yes, I did put that together. And the very first time that I did do a workshop, I had really no confidence in myself. I actually bought the class, I feel. I give them a pack of cards. I gave them a crystal. I put on a lavish lunch. But I know I don't have to do that anymore because I have the confidence in myself now knowing that the person that comes to do this is coming for themselves. I don't have to buy them. And the what it does, it, it is just amazing. Once we start to really look into ourselves and let that pain out and know there's no judgment and, and you know, you don't have to judge or feel less self-worth of what's happened in your life. That is your building blocks to now. It's a very confronting uh, yes, exercise. it is. Um, as far as inner child is concerned, it, it can be some dark work. Yes, it can. The shadow, honour that shadow because that who's been protecting you until you're ready to face it and bring it into the light. You can't have light without dark. We've spoken about ways you've helped heal others. Uh, do you have any suggestions that people might be interested in in regards to helping heal themselves? Go to your heart. That holds all the answers and this year is all about feeling. So when you feel you're in a bad place, please speak to someone. But also know that the only real safe we've got is inside of us. Our inner being is trying to talk to us and tell us of a way out. I like to meditate and listen to music. Uh, how are some of the ways you connect with your inner being? Yes, meditation, music. I love hugging trees because yep. my husband used to call me a tree hugger and that's why I love being where I am. Connecting with nature? Connecting with nature. You can actually feel the heart of the tree. You can feel the, the sap, the blood running through the trees. It might sound flaky, but it is my go-to when I need to talk and I know that this is something I'm here to work out, but I know that I'm not alone. Go out in nature, stand in the sun, go to the beach and feel all your pain being washed away. Listen to your heart and know that you do need to have that time, even if it's five minutes a day. And just check in with yourself and say, well, how am I feeling today? What is it that I can do, even in a small way, to bring some joy to myself or someone else? Because bringing joy to someone else comes back. comes back tenfold. A conversation that comes up quite frequently with you and I is the Akashic Records. Can you tell us about those? Akashic is your book of life. For many years, I always thought it was taboo because you must never look at that. 
It's everybody's right to check into your Akashic Records and know where you've made contracts and agreements in past lives and you've brought them into this life for healing. So why not heal them? Um, I did a, a distant Akashic three weeks ago and I got the most beautiful thank you card from these two ladies who had a very strict upbringing, always felt they had to do the right thing. So we went back and we found out from what century that came from and we were able to bring that forward and they could actually see the contract being torn up. Do you find pain and trauma of previous lives come into some of your Reiki sessions? Yes, very much so. How often would you say that happens? I can tell you it, it never ceases to surprise me. Sometimes a, a perfect stranger will come and I am to tell them we are in a past life and they will look at me like I've got two heads and a tail, you know. But it's like, no, you speak your truth. I had one lady, she was very quietly spoken and I could feel a lot of control. All of a sudden, we find ourselves in a past life. I said, you had your tongue cut out. And we did a healing. And she said, my tongue, tongue is tingling. I said, yes. And when we finished, she said, do you know what? I feel now for the first time I can be heard. And I thought, well, that's good. I don't know if you'll ever come back again. But she did. And the change in her was amazing. But I never know what that person is coming for, be it past life. Now, child, we just trust in God, spirit, whatever you believe in. As far as religion and beliefs, is it fair to say that you can take so much from all of them? Yes. Um, I, I've just, this, this is pretty profound. Yep. because it's been very hard for me to understand without sounding its ego. We work with guides. They pop in, they pop out. You never know who you're going to be working with as long as we know it's for the higher greater good. A few weeks ago, I kept hearing, I am, I am. And I've had this conversation before. And so I said, what does that mean? And I heard, you're now working with the higher self and the I am, I am. I said, oh, 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 no, 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 ego. This kept popping up all the time. And I had a battle with it until I thought, no, I know now. This is my truth, so I am the I am. Everybody can be that. But also finding out the I am of the I am is Saint Germain. And I have been working with Saint Germain. And also I was told to look in my library for a special book. It is over 40 years old. I had tried to read it a long time ago and it did not make sense. I am reading it today like I am devouring it. And it is telling me everything I need to know right now. And that is the book of St. Germain. It's amazing how much we can all evolve, even all these years later. Yes. Um, you and I have swapped quite a few stories over the yes. years where I've gone, I haven't seen this in ages and it just keeps popping up everywhere. That's right. It makes so much more sense. Uh, who are some of the people that you turn to uh, to seek more guidance or clarity or find that <laughs> their views and beliefs align with yours? There's lots of people that I've had in my life, Val Hood. Kathy Flanagan, who is an absolute laugh, and another lady who I love dearly, but she's no longer in my life, but I always send her love, and that's Joyce Lohman. She was the one that pushed me, and I didn't want to be pushed all those years ago. In a positive way. In a positive way. She felt by pushing me 
but I wasn't ready. We walk alongside someone. We don't walk and push someone. We are there to help and guide, not do. You would have learnt a lot of patience over the years. Oh, yes. Unconditional love is another thing. Um, How did you teach yourself that before passing it on to others? Once you find your self-worth and unconditional love, it's easy to share it with other people. Till you find it and you can look in the mirror and say to yourself, I love you or I am happy for where we are, then you're on that road. It took me three and a half years to do that. I used to think, you crazy woman, why are you talking to the person in the mirror? But remember, we mirror. It's fair to say that you've helped heal a lot of people over the years as well as uh, trained and mentored people. Uh, Do you feel that you've learnt a lot from those that you've trained and mentored as well? Oh, every day, both teacher and student. We teach each other. That is what this is all about. This is, this is school. This is earth school. And we graduate when we go home. And we look at each other or, or look at ourselves over a time and we say, well, where are we? For a long time, I used to think, oh, yes, I'm at prep. Then one day I thought, hmm, I think I'm finally at primary school. So I was at primary school for a long, long time. And then all of a sudden I heard, where do you think you are? And I said, oh, I think I'm at high school. And they said, finally. I now feel as though I am doing my honours to be ready for that time when I go home. And when you say about going home? Going back to spirit from where we come. Talking about spirit, do you believe in soul contracts? Oh, yes, that's right. And this is part of your Kashuk Records. Would you like to delve a little deeper into that again? Okay, soul contracts. When we come in, if you look at your thumb and see all those lines, that's your blueprint. Everything that you are here to do. I'm not sure of the protocol up there or wherever it is, but we're taken before uh, a board type thing, I suppose, and we see it and we get asked, well, what is it that you want to experience in this lifetime? And then we're given the body and the tools. But then as soon as we take our first breath, we don't remember a thing. We have amnesia till we start to re-remember. And we don't do that until we're at a certain level. Do you struggle with that sometimes in a, in a sense of believing that that is true? Uh, Not anymore. Oh. I have no doubts. But that's me. Someone else might, but I don't push it on anyone else. Do you find yourself questioning at times the life you chose? No. I used to question. Yep. I used to say, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I work, I do this. Why am I here? Not doing too good. That was a long time ago. I don't say that anymore. I wake up every day and say, what is it I'm to do today to fulfill what I come here to do? And if we ask that question every day, when we go home and we have fulfilled everything, we won't have regrets. How do you explain that to others that might not be as understanding? I ask to choose my words so that I'm not frightening anyone or trying to push my beliefs on someone and I seem to always find a way you know with who I'm working with at that time we'll find a way because people do fear it I've had a few people go why did you burp which I do quite a lot during your Reiki healings yes Yes. or what are you saying and I say just relax 
let this, if this is right for you, you will start to feel that peace come into your body. There is nothing here that can harm you. So it's more or less uh, trusting the process and most importantly, trusting yourself. There we go. Now, when people say, well, how do you find a Reiki master or a sensei or whatever people like to call it, or someone, your compatibility will draw you to that person through your aura. And when you find that person, you will know if you are compatible or not. And that's in all walks of life. Sometimes we feel repelled by a a person or another time we want to hug them to death, even though we don't know them. And you think, whoa, what's going on? Well, yes, we've got a connection there. So how does one protect themselves when it comes to an unwanted connection? That's most important. A lot of people have rituals. I don't. Because I just say white light. Uh, A Christian part of me still comes in and I say the blood of Christ, the love of God. When I touch someone, that is what I say. And then I step back and let whatever, whoever that person believes in. Have you ever found yourself in a position to need to cut cords? Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. Often you will see hooks, cords, in people's auras or into their heart. And people might say, oh, I get a pain in my shoulder. And you may see a hook. So you go and you find where that's coming from. It can be a past relationship or something that's happened. It also can be in your Akashic Records. So then we, we can call in Archangel Michael. He's got the big sword. When you start to see a lot of blue around the person, you know Archangel Michael's there and he's saying, well, I'm here if that person's ready to cut that cord between A and B. And, and then we pull it out. We can do soul retrieval, the fragments from our past life, bring them forward to be healed and sent back. And that person will go, well, what happened? As long as the intent itself is pure. Pure intent. You never touch a person unless you your vibration feels right. If you're sick, no. Under the influence of alcohol or Anything other else? things, yep. yes. You never. And you never use this as a party trick. No, it can come back and bite you. When it comes to cutting cords or healing, uh, what are some of the things that you do to put yourself in the right vibration? Before I touch someone... Love of God, blood of Christ. I am fully protected. Every person that comes to me, that affirmation, I don't say it out loud, but I do say it. And once that person's gone, I ask then for that room to be cleansed of anything that is no longer for that high good. On the topic of clearing and cleansing, you also do that for people's homes? When we pass, we can stay in the physical. And sometimes we might move into a house that's been renovated and they mightn't like it because they think it's still their house and they can play tricks on us because it happened when I moved out to where I live the first second night we were there and I said to my husband I am so tired I'm going to go to bed he said oh I think I'll start and watch tv so I went up and I got into bed not long after I was just starting to doze off and I thought oh he's coming to bed and I waited and And all of a sudden I thought, what's he coming around my side of the bed for? And I felt the covers come up around my neck. And I thought, oh, how sweet. He's tucking me in. So I thought, oh, I'm too tired. I'll thank him in the morning. So I said to him, that was really sweet what you'd done last night. And he said, 
what? I said, you tucked me in. He said, what are you smoking? I said, didn't you tuck me in? He said, no, but he said, uh, I got a bit of a fright. I said, why? He said, I was sitting there watching TV. He said, next minute, all the cupboard doors opened and then slammed. He said, so I did go to bed, but he said, I didn't really sleep. So I thought, oh, so there's something here that's trying to frighten us. I sat and I talked to them and I said, I wanted to fill the house with love and pure intent for people to come and see it as a healing place. And that is what I have created. With your clearings, do you have any way, specific way you do that? Okay, saging, uh, lighting a candle, speaking is the most important thing. Because if we don't acknowledge them, they can get a little bit playful. And I mean playful. Or they can get a little bit agitated. agitated. So we speak to them. We call the angels in. We ask for a portal of light. We call their loved ones in so that they can go to where they're meant to be. With that, they then understand that where they are is not where they're meant to be. So you just talk to them. I know they're there, so I talk to them. When it comes to talking to spirits and guides, do you have any specific ones that you regularly go to? I've had a guide called Brother Ernest for some time, and he is a monk. Very, very precise, very down to earth. But he then went, and that is when I had a series of different ones coming in. But then all of a sudden, I was like, well, I'm on my own. And they said, no. You're working with your higher self. And that's when it all changed. But Brother Ernest is back again now. And he keeps me on the straight and narrow. Yep. If my mind starts to wander, he will definitely give me a, a flick in the ear, get back on track. Children can see spirit and guides, clearly otherwise known as our invisible friends. Uh, is it society that makes us switch it off and, and that's why adults can't see them as clearly? It starts to. Yeah. Yep. I realise now mine got switched off because I went to Sunday school when I was little and I drew a person with colour round them. And without judgement, my Sunday school teacher told me to stand outside. And I said, why? They, she said, that's evil. And I said, why? Why? She said, you don't do that. Christ and Mary Mother Mary only had that round them, and you know. I said, but everyone's got colour. And I thought then, no, no more. So I shut it off. Do you remember some of your guides or friends from your childhood? Yes. Yes. They come through occasionally. I always had one, Uella. And funnily enough, my daughter had the same one. And I never, ever told her. We briefly spoke about Peter. What is the perception of the rest of your family when it comes to what you do? I have three children, two boys and a girl, well, man and now. My first son, Jason, he is very open to it because he's had so many things that come through. My second son, who actually started me off again by telling me about a colour around my father's picture when he had died, now is very scientific but he's with a beautiful lady now who's getting very interested. We have a very interesting family. My daughter, she it does wonderful stuff and uh, she believes in it as well. My grandchildren have had also visits from my husband and a grandparent 
parent that has passed as well. Yeah. So, yes, we are very open as a family. Going back to Pete, um, on this day we're recording this is also the anniversary of his passing. Nine years. Do you still see and talk to him today? Yes, he's actually with me today. And yeah. You know, yeah. And he still obviously guides and supports you? Oh, yes. Keeps me on the straight and narrow. We were talking about cheeky spirits earlier. I'm assuming he'd be at the top of the list. Very. <laughs> yes, he, he does like to just let me know. Um, even on his birthday this year, I, I heard, get up, take a photo of the sunshine, uh, the, the sunrise. I said, but it's really dark. No, get up. So I took a few. No, nothing. Go out again. And I had the most beautiful orb, and I have got it on my phone. Before I let you go, Rose, is there anything uh, that you're doing at the moment to, as far as like studying to further your knowledge in all of this? I'm digging deep uh, into Akashic because I feel this is the next step for people to really understand the answers are there for them without fear that they can check in. You book, you go into your Akashic, you have an Akashic record guide, he will guide you to where your book is. You will see it open, you may even smell the ancients of it. Mine is a, a, a beautiful brown velvet book and it's quite large because there's lots of stuff and I mean I have flashes of those lifetimes. Well thank you so much for having a chat and hopefully we can catch up again soon and delve a little bit deeper into that next time. Yes, I would love to. Thank you. Thank you. Follow Level On Up podcast on Instagram.